0: Thine is the kingdom
1: and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to the podcast. In and through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. And my name is Marshall. Before we get started, Marshall, a couple of shout outs. Okay. I got a text from Rufat, who's a friend of mine, uh, from Toronto. Well, we were together in Toronto. He's in Niagara Falls now, but he still works in Toronto. Okay. Does some... Uh, that's a commute. Does Yeah, he does some good stuff there. And you know what he does on his commute? What does he do? listens to the In It Through podcast. No way. He just wrote me to say thanks, and I like it. Oh, cool. Yeah, so... Well, thanks. That's cool. And also, Glendale Baptist Church, Boonville, Arkansas. Okay. Just got a new pastor. Mm. My little brother. Uh, pastor Kyle.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. It's exciting. That is exciting. is so, his first senior pastorate?
1: It is. It is. Nice. It is. So nice. congrats to him mm-hmm. and to them, although he may listen and they don't. So whatever. Whatevs. Congrats, Kyle. is covered. Yeah. Question of the day. What is
2: idolatry? Mm. I've been looking for this one. Yeah, that's a big big question. Yeah. And I know you got an answer for it, Tim, because you brought a note.
1: <laughs> I have. A I
2: single have note. A single note. <laughs>
1: To remind myself to mention something here.
2: You're breaking from your mold here, Tim. Look at you,
1: stretching your wings with a note. (laughs) I'm I'm becoming conservative in my old age. (laughs) Don't want to make those mistakes. I would be lost without notes.
2: I wish my brain worked the same way yours does, (laughs) but it does not. (laughs) So, what is idolatry? Well, Tim, what we like to begin with is a discussion on
1: why this question matters. Right. How, why does it matter, and how do people talk about it? Mm-hmm. I, I think because the Bible condemns idolatry over and over again. Yeah, like hundreds of times. It it matters. Sure. I think because idolatry comes in so many different ways. Mm. It matters. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to want to think of it as little figurines, right? That we are actively praying to. Um, In which case, the reason we like to think of it that way is because it's super safe.
2: Right, because we don't do that.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Uh, But but understanding that it's bigger than that Mm -hmm. um, is important. I think also, although we talked about the idea of are all sins equal, I think the greatest injustice and the greatest sin is idolatry. Mm. And so got to know what it is yeah
2: yeah it's a serious matter right and i like that you mentioned that like it's it's so much more than just kind of carving a little figurine um although a lot of times in the bible it is represented in that way uh especially early on i mean we get the story of like the golden calf and all throughout the book of judges and these evil kings who did all this stuff um i mean it was taken very seriously by the nation of Israel. Like the Mosaic law is pretty clear. It's like if you commit adultery. In fact, it says if you know someone who's committing adultery, you are responsible for calling them out, even if they're your own family members. And, uh, and if you're a witness, your hand needs to be the first one involved in the execution. It's like some heavy, heavy stuff. It's very serious. And yeah. Thus the first commandment.
1: Yeah. And just in case 10 were too many for you to read. Yeah. We'll knock the big one out first.
2: Yeah. And I think like that can seem a little jarring to us that it was like that severely punished, but that might be because we don't have a healthy understanding of how bad idolatry can be. Absolutely. So what are some wrong answers or what are the ways that people talk about this, Tim, that can be problematic?
1: Um I I think we mentioned it before, the fact that it's reserved for mm. little figures paintings that sort of thing um what that does is it it causes us to miss our opportunity to avoid idolatry Mm -hmm. i think it also can go too far sure um so just swinging pendulums kind of thing uh so for example it's it's pretty popular for people to call out sports fans right be like oh look at these men who are going to jump up and down and cheer for their favorite team but they don't love Jesus that way and so hmm. insert your sport is idolatry right um i would say hard no i'm a sports guy um there is there is something different about enjoying an activity Getting caught up in the moment and and having fun with that, sure, that is very different from I give this my hope, right <laughs> right? Now that is not to say that there are not those who might place their hope in something like that mm. right? sure and and it it's not to say that it can't be, but it is to say. Just because, just because I'm cheering for a team, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's where my hope is. Yeah, and just because, just because it hurts my heart that the Cardinals are historically terrible right now, mm. doesn't mean that I'm crushed because my idol is not coming through for me. Yeah, as Whatever. both
2: a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and a Minnesota Vikings fan, I've given up on hope in either one of those organizations long, long ago. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think
2: sanctification through the law. <laughs> <land. laughs> essentially, yeah, essentially, like the the wrong ways this can be taken, and this is kind of a pattern uh, that's come up in other discussions that we've had in previous episodes. It's having too narrow a scope mm-hmm. or too broad a scope, right? Right, and so we just have to we have to understand what it
1: is and what it is not. And and I think the reason that that's a tendency across the board mm. is because we want to say. Well, there's grace, and we don't want to just be stepping on toes all the time. And so that causes us to narrow so that we don't hit anyone and we just sort of stay in a safe track. And I, I think we can also broaden because, well, that could lead to this or that could lead to this. And don't you think that if it became this, that would be a problem? Mm. And I think those are probably the logical patterns that we follow that lead us to these op- right. opposing polarities mm-hmm. of paradigm mm-hmm. but posing polarities of paradigm that was great i i, w- I was working hard on that in the moment the that gears was, were turning <laughs> there was some awesome. smoke yeah involved but I, uh,
2: I mean i think a lot of people just struggle they just take a narrow view of idolatry in order to uh, exclude things that maybe have too much of their own heart and widen it so that they can accuse people they don't like of, of idolatry. <laughs> I think it's just, sometimes it's as simple as that. <laughs> I, I
1: think that that might be true. I think that we also learned something about your look on the human race. <laughs> what,
2: we're fallen, uh, fallen people? Our hearts are wicked?
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay,
2: so what does the catechism
1: say? It says, Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than creator. For our hope and happiness, significance and security. Nice. Just to go back to my sports thing. Okay. That doesn't count momentary happiness. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. If, it, if you're if you're the kind of person who's going to be like, this is my favorite song and I listen to it and it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's okay to enjoy the world. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be like, ah, run from sunsets. <laughs> Because they do a thing for me. Right. And it's idolatry. Just blind yourself because <laughs> Right. Right.
2: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I think it's understanding that like are these things the ultimate source of our happiness? Yep. Right. Or are we recognizing that these things make us happy and they are good things that are given to us by the Creator and the one who
1: gives all the good gifts. And so here I, I would say this is your test for mm-hmm. that. Could you find happiness without it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's a good test for what an idol is. If you're like, no, without that thing, mm-hmm. life is not worth living, and I am wrecked. Yeah. The sort of, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. Cue the 80s hair metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when was the last time anyone made a Cinderella reference? <laughs>
2: No, but seriously, this—that's actually—it's funny that you mentioned that because not funny, but providential that you mentioned that because we had a similar conversation last night at youth group, just talking about, you know, lockdowns. You know, for our American listeners, mm-hmm. we in Ontario are still in lockdown and likely will be for a lot longer than you guys are. Um, Which and, they're not. Yeah, they're just like what? <laughs> yeah. What's a lockdown? Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but in in any case, you know, the the kids struggling with missing out on things that do bring them joy Mm -hmm. right and and i can sympathize with that and so the conversation we had was simply this is an opportunity for us to look at things in our life even good things and check our hearts to see okay now that this thing has been temporarily taken away right can i still be happy yeah right and uh, i think in times of challenges that's a healthy thing to kind of look inward and say Okay, am I miserable because I can't do X, Y, Z? Or, you know... Anyway, so I think that's... Yeah, it's a healthy thing to kind of test
1: of whether or not something has become an idol. And, and you know what? What's that? That is a perfect unplanned segue into my note.
2: Okay, <laughs> nice. The note.
1: <laughs> we were having a uh, a Pastors of Feb meeting, and John Buck, who is the director... Of Feb Central. Rick Buck? Rick Buck, sorry. Said that his son, John, mm. look, I got a note. Okay, sorry. I botched it with my <laughs> notes.
2: That's what you get for using a That's note. That's
1: what I get for using <laughs> notes. He was He was saying that he was talking to his son, and one of the things that his son mentioned mm. is that we're creating idols all the time, even temporary idols. Mm. And this particular season is showing that we have tendencies in that... Some people are choosing freedom as an idol, Mm. personal autonomy and freedom, and some people are choosing health and security and safety as an idol. Yeah. It doesn't mean that everyone's choosing one or the other, but we do see the extremes. Oh, yeah. Where people are saying, um, the only thing that matters is one or the other. right, And, uh and we see that as an idolatry that is created in this moment that might not have existed otherwise
2: yeah yeah no i think that's that's a an astute point to uh, to make right is our propensity to um to manufacture idols right in certain circumstances Mm -hmm. Right. It's not even like these. Yeah. Like these temporary idols, because of a situation I'm in, I'm going to make this thing, which I see as the solution to that problem, everything. And I'm going to center my whole life around the pursuit of that thing. Yeah. And yeah, again, not everybody falls into one of those two extreme extremes, but a lot of people do.
1: Yeah. So good word from. John Buck via Rick Buck. Nice. This is the shout-out episode. That's the—was that lead up to four now?
2: How many more can we squeeze in? I don't have any of my notes, but, you know, you don't need notes to—
1: I've, I've used my note.
2: <laughs> so the uh, the scriptural support that we get in the New City Catechism for uh, this question is kind of two uh, verses in a paragraph that have kind of been squeezed together. So it's Romans one twenty one and 25. Which, uh, which says for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is like the this is kind of the oftentimes the default state of humanity. Right is to elevate the tangible and temporal things around us above the one who made it all, and I mean I think a lot of times it's not excusable, but it's understandable because you know we worship a God that we can't see, right? But the the other things all around us, whatever they might be, um, have this tangibility to them, which can provide us with a joy and a comfort when we fail to realize that. That they're finite and they're temporary,
1: yeah, do you know what a stinger is in production? No, a stinger is when you when you press a button and insert a little jingle, okay, around okay. like or, like if we've if we add those if you've got a multi part production mm-hmm. um you throw in a little stinger that just sort of does the whole like segue into the next. We need one that says Tim can't think straight without an analogy <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's the truth Here's my analogy, okay. Uh, Is and it's not a very good one because it's coming almost directly from scripture. Okay, I, I think sometimes it's hard for us to to draw a distinction between creator and creation mm. as our worship because it it's not something that we participate in. Right. Um. So I I would say we can think about that better if we liken it to the givers and gifts. Right. Um. We give gifts. As an expression of relationship, mm-hmm. right? I give a birthday present to my kids because I love them and I want to acknowledge and celebrate them on their birthday. Um, I want my kids to enjoy that gift. Sure. I don't want them to open it up and just be like, whatever. I love you, dad. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I, I want them to love me. Mm-hmm. But I also want them to enjoy the gift. Right. But at the same time, idolatry comes when the person doesn't matter, but the gift does. Mm -hmm. Right? And they're like, this is the thing I've always wanted. And just, that's the end of it. (laughs) Me and this toy, we're just going to go do our thing. right? Versus, this is exactly what I needed slash wanted. Thank you so much for knowing that, for being the... The one who sees, you know, God is the Jehovah Jireh, uh, which is translated the one who provides, but literally means the one who sees, mm-hmm. right? Who looks at our condition and sees and thusly provides. Um, and, and worshiping the gift and not the giver, I think, is another way of saying the same thing in mm-hmm. a way that is more tangible for us because it's an experience that we can wrap our heads around. Sure. Um, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it does our receiving that gift increase our love and affection for the creator or does it diminish it, right? Because the way that we receive and enjoy something um, can can go in both directions. Sure. And one is idolatry and one is healthy. Um, so the commentaries that are included in this, and once again, for those working through a book, they, they might not see this, but online there's access to the one historical and one contemporary commentary, Martin Luther, Good old Martin, Martin Luther. Martin
1: Luther and Timothy Keller. Yeah, it's big boys. Big boys That's swinging the bat That's right.
2: Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Martin Luther says, what is it to have a God or what is one's God? The answer, to whatever we look for any good thing and for refuge in any need, that is what is meant by God. Many a person imagines that he has God in everything he needs, provided he has money and property. The evidence for this appears when people are arrogant, secure, and proud because of such possessions, but desperate when they lack them or lose them. I repeat, to have a God means to have something on which one's heart depends entirely.
1: I love that last sentence as a buffer. Yeah. Right? Because what I what I don't want to do, and, and I feel like I've disclaimered away from this more than I should already, but... I I don't want people to get into the whole, like, well, everything that I enjoy is potentially a God, and so I have to stay away from it. Right. (laughs) Right? No. Enjoy things. Mm. Love things. Mm -hmm. Appreciate them. Care for them. God gave us earth in order for us to be stewards of it Mm -hmm. and to enjoy that expression of his creative glory. He's given us these things, and we should love them, and we should appreciate them and enjoy them. Mm -hmm. there's a huge gap between that and depending entirely on them. Mm -hmm. Beware of that. Sure. But we don't run away from things because of what they might turn into if misused.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the other thing too, right? Like a lot of these things are not necessarily
1: inherently wrong. Right. Right. And avoiding them doesn't inherently fix the heart. That's true. So, So just like monasticism, Mm. right? Someone could be like, oh, well, I feel like God's calling me to devote myself to him. So I have to remove myself from the world Mm -hmm. in order to do that. Just that you've changed your geography doesn't mean you've changed your heart. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. It's actually interesting. So... I in my spare time I listen to a lot of history podcasts listening to one on the history of Britain and in fact in the middle ages monasteries were like cesspools for sin Could like be, they were yeah. called out they were called out oftentimes for like drunkenness and orgies and all sorts of crazy stuff because places a lot of them anyways were like just out of control because right. just sending someone to a monastery doesn't inherently make them more holy or Mm-hmm. Or remove the temptations and struggles that they they have,
1: um, right? Because it's internal and not external. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so the prayer then is the the process then is not avoidance mm-hmm. per se. It, it is when it's sin. Sure. I mean, avoidance is important. Sure. But when it's not, the the process is seeking the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to give you moderation and an appropriate use of the things that god's given you yeah um
2: yeah tim keller in his little commentary there was a a phrase that really stuck out to me um he says so what's important to grasp is this sin is not just doing bad things it's turning good things into ultimate things Mm -hmm. because it can ruin your soul and destroy community and dishonors god um right turning good things into ultimate things i think is um is a good way to kind of safeguard ourselves. We can understand, okay, this is a good thing. It's a, uh, I'm allowed to enjoy this good thing, but this cannot be turned into an
1: ultimate thing in my heart. Um, hey, you know what? This what? gives me a chance for another shout out. Okay. Barnabas Piper. Mm. Once a guest on the show. Yes, he was. Uh, he released a book last year. He did that three times last year. Wow. Uh, but, but this was a new book that he had written. Um, I, I, being more responsible and creating good radio would have the title of the book for you. I don't remember it right now, but it's sitting on my desk right now. (laughs) Uh, But it's a, it's about the flip side of this. It's about how to, as a Christian, enjoy the world around you. Mm. Um, Which is, I think a good teaching. I I know that a big portion of this, this is supposed to be about idolatry and avoiding idolatry. Mm. Um, And here, I'm spending all of my time talking about what you should enjoy. Um, I, and I think the reason for that is a healthy experience is an avoidance. Kind of like the best defense is a good offense sure. kind of a thing. Yeah. And I see you tapping away and Googling. I'm stalling. For Hoping as as for happiness. Hoping for happiness. Thank you. Hoping for happiness. There you go, folks.
2: Yeah. No, and I think... I read an interesting article, too. Um, when we try to wrap our minds around what is idolatry and, and how it can manifest itself, uh, this one article I read kind of divided it into three potential groups. This isn't authoritative, but it might just be helpful. Um, and he had pagan idolatry, secular idolatry, and religious idolatry. Oh, nice. So, pagan idolatry, that's the mm-hmm. most obvious one. That's the golden calf. That's, you know, bowing down to the statue of Marduk. That's all that kind of stuff. And we see that manifested in our world today. You know, certain religious groups, Hinduism is kind of a big one for, mm-hmm. for that type of thing. So that pagan idolatry. Secular idolatry is a little bit more subtle, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be chasing after, um, you know, worldly things. This is the rich young ruler, In the New Testament, right? Yeah. The one where, you know, Jesus asks him if he's kept the commandments. And he's like, yep. And then Jesus is like, well, then go sell your possessions and follow me. And he's, no, he walks away sad because he can't do that. Lot's wife. Lot's wife. Sure. Yeah. Turning back. Yeah. So that, that kind of idea, right? Like, so there, there are the things of this world that aren't inherently uh, religious get elevated to this Mm -hmm. unhealthy position. But then he talked about religious idolatry and, this can be represented perhaps by, um, in the Gospels, when we read about the Pharisees elevating the traditions of man above the commandments of God, right? Mm-hmm. The, the cultural practices and there's man-made laws that, that these are more important than, than the expressly given scriptural truths out of the mouth of God himself. Right. Um, right, and then in church history, I mean, we, we have things like, you know, icons and relics and veneration
1: of saints and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff and and let's just say this sort of legalism and wrapping ourselves up making our identity our practices Mm. people are instantly going to jump to traditionalists right but that is not true no i went to a church one time to preach and i was wearing dress pants a shirt and tie because Mm. that's what i was accustomed to sure and i was asked to take my tie off before i went on stage right oh yeah because it brought the wrong image
2: yeah and i mean if you think about you know um modern worship practices there are elements of our worship that can be elevated to unhealthy degrees Mm -hmm. right right like it's so important that the music is good that we're going to hire non-believing musicians to lead worship right like are you kidding me (laughs) Right. These these types of things. It is so important. It is so important that, you know, that this aspect of what we do is underlined, that we're going to ignore um, what God actually wants from us in our worship. Right. Um, So that that can be it. I mean, even there was a, you know, in this in uh, another article I was reading, he was even talking about how, you know, for us, Tim, even our own ministry can become an idol mm-hmm. right if doing the work becomes paramount that that doing the work is is um so important that that our heart is no longer in it or that we're we're not um pursuing Christ just pursuing tasks that in and of itself can become idolatry even for us in ministry
1: yeah, for sure for sure yeah and and why is it why is it that idolatry is the height of sin? Mm. I I think about the golden calf. When we talk about idolatry in Christianity, mm-hmm. I think the golden calf just is the signal, the emblem of that. Mm-hmm. And we look at the golden calf, and you remember when Aaron made this thing and it came out of the fire. Regardless of the fact that he told Moses. It just came out that way. <laughs> I was carrying, <laughs> I was carrying hundreds of pounds of earrings <laughs> in my hands and I stumbled over this fire. You can imagine because of all of the earrings and this thing came out. But the Bible tells us he formed it. Yeah. Uh, And they looked at it and they said, here is the God that led you out of Egypt. Mm. It just makes you want to vomit,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that is what it means to worship Creator or creation over Creator, mm. to give to a temporal and dumb thing holy and eternal attributes, right? <sighs> Through the prophets, the prophets love the theme. <laughs> Jer- um, Jeremiah gets into you, it. You were you cut down the tree. <laughs> half of it you used to build a fire, and the other half of it you called God. <laughs> you were going to become as blind and dumb mm. as that block of wood that yeah. you're worshiping. Yeah. yeah, and adversely, worshiping a holy and righteous God and giving Him His due place will also lead you into. That righteousness. Mm-hmm. hmm
2: Yeah, and I think we can't diminish the potential for idols of the mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Tozer said, an idol of the mind is as offensive to God as an idol of the hand. Right? And so, let's be honest, in our modern context, you know, it's idolatry finds its way into our hearts by more subtle avenues than, mm-hmm. you know setting up an asherah pole, right? But that doesn't mean it's any less offensive to God. Right? And we have to take we have to take that seriously. We have to keep a short account of where our hearts at and how we how we enjoy things. Is it is it out of gratitude for what God has given us or is it that these things are diminishing
1: our loyalty to God, right? Yeah, and and I think just to put some feet on that, so that we can see exactly what that looks like. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that comes with desiring something other than what we have that would say, if I only had insert a thing, Mm -hmm. a possession, material thing, or a scenario, oftentimes, for me, it's more scenario. Um, If I only had that, then I would, there would be happiness. Right. And then daydreaming to that end, mm-hmm. which just says, God, what you gave me is not good, and my happiness is not in you or the gifts that I have, mm-hmm. but in this thing that I want. And right. finding ourselves in those longings and daydreams is in some ways human, Sometimes it can even be inspiration to moving toward things that God has for us. But when it becomes obsessive,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. when it causes us to despise ourselves and our situation Mm -hmm. and the God who has brought us here, that point it becomes idolatry. Sure. Because at that point, our hope is in that thing, and it is entirely dependent as martin luther says on that thing
2: Mm. yeah no that's really good that's really good yeah we need to guard our hearts against the the subtle idolatries right Mm -hmm. i mean you've used this analogy before but even even something as as harmless as you know your kids being in sports Mm -hmm. right i mean that there's nothing wrong with putting your kids into athletics in fact it's probably beneficial but if that your child attaining the highest possible um level in their sport causes you to say well you know what Sunday mornings we got hockey so we're just not going to be at church for the next six months sorry mm-hmm. check your heart and see if, if maybe your child pursuing a career as a professional athlete might be an idol if it's yeah. going to force you to withdraw from the worship with, with God's people
1: or kids academically or even kids that, and their yeah. talents right sure family can become oh yeah that idolatry the pursuit of Jobs and promotions mm-hmm. can become that. Oh, um, yeah. The pursuit of relationships outside of your marriage, mm-hmm. right? That, this is why divorce is such a thing. Mm-hmm. That people are like, "Oh well, you Even were supposed to be the thing that made me happy, but yeah, you're not making me happy anymore, so mm-hmm. I'm going to find someone else who will." Yeah, yeah. Or, or th- like, I guess what you were going to say, the pursuit of a marriage. Sure. If you're a single person, that can be problematic. If I was only married, I would be happy. Mm-hmm. And every married person said, "You're right. That's what happened for me." Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wasn't being sarcastic. I okay, was. well then, yeah. Because Lindsay does listen to these now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right, 3 minutes or 31 minutes and 33 seconds. You got anything else? No, I'm good. We're good. We're good. All right. Well, Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. See you next week. Take care, everybody.